welcome to Discover Rising Tides. My name is Jean Gallagher, and this is show number 23, Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better, where we explore the importance of the outdoors and maintaining life balance. Through this series, we will be talking with women business owners to understand their journey. And as always, we will also be hearing from Lynn Schusler-Williams, author and coach, and her segment on Rising Up. But first, today, I'm excited to introduce Tanya Martinez. Hi, Tanya. Hi there, Jean. So Tanya is, uh, her business is Career Transformations, and it's a boutique recruiting consulting firm and outplacement provider that optimizes opportunities for companies and individuals on the job market. Career Transformations was formed in 2019 as a small business and minority-owned Colorado business and delivers holistic approach to our the hiring process, bringing over 20 years of human resources experience and specializing in talent acquisition with over 20 years focused on recruiting. So I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And I want to learn a, a ton about your business and, and the transition from working for somebody else to working for yourself and then toss in, oh, I don't know, that little thing called COVID. <laughs> So, yeah, so tell, tell us about your business and tell us about how, how you ended up where you're at. Sure. Yeah, so Career Transformations, I formed three years ago, just celebrated our three-year anniversary. So definitely, yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm happy that we made it through COVID because mm -hmm. starting a recruiting business during the pandemic was probably not the smartest thing, but you know what? It was a great experience and I wouldn't exchange it for anything else. I learned a lot. I learned resilience, you know, 100%. And definitely it gave me the time that I needed to learn how to, you know, build a business because I never did that before. So it was challenging. It was scary and all worthwhile. Um, so career transformations, I started as a recruiting firm. And I did that because most of my career, while reporting into the HR department, I always, the talent acquisition side of things. So helping, you know, employers hire better, um, helping managers and directors and the leadership team to interview better. Um, mm -hmm. I, I did a lot of that and a lot of the in-betweens of HR. You know, um, that that's always been my career as HR. I spent 22 years in corporate America before I went out on my own. And it really did, you know, prep me with the tools and the resources and the skills and abilities to do what I do today. So what, what prompted you to, to make that transition? Because that's not a small thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, over the years, you know, recruiters don't generate revenue. And oftentimes when there's a budget cut or there's an organizational change or, you know, reduction in force, whatever it may be, um, closures of buildings, they lay off their recruiters first. And I've been laid off a couple of times, and unfortunately, you know, that there was always a good experience that I had with the company, but it was always kind of upsetting to be laid off, even though, you know, it wasn't due to performance, the whole team got laid off. And so, you know, I always took that just, you know, with, with a, a thankful heart, I guess, if you will, from the experience that I had, knowing that it could potentially happen. Mm -hmm. So going out on my own, you know, was a big decision, and um, that was partially what stemmed that. But I also worked with external recruiters all throughout my career, so I understood what they did, you know, what um, how they worked, right? 
Mm-hmm. So I always thought, you know, one day I'm going to do this. And I kept saying that probably for the last five years of my career. And, and I finally just kind of took the plunge and did it. What an interesting experience for a recruiter to be laid off and have to job hunt, right? Yep. It really gives you the, it gives you the understanding both sides of the table. So you can, exactly. you can really not just say, oh, I know how you feel, but honestly, you do know how they feel yep. and through that transition process and helping them. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, you know, I can assume that you had tons of contacts and networks that were already established that would help you get into your business and help you start. Um, but that takes, takes a lot of guts to, to, to go from, I'm working here, I'm going to get a paycheck no matter what happens, I'm, I'm good to, unless I get laid off, I'm good to go, to let's do this on our own and, and really up and running. Yeah, some people thought I was absolutely crazy for doing what I did. And little did we know there was going to be a pandemic. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, even so, you know, starting a recruiting firm is, is tough. You know, it's um, the, good, the good thing is, you know, I do have a big network and I mm-hmm. constantly am growing my network. And that's really important to be successful in what I do is, you know, getting out there and sharing my story and sharing, you know, what I bring to the table and how I can help people. Um, as often as I can. Is there a lot of competition between recruiting firms and business? Is that, I would say the business would be the the people that are trying to get hired, but is there a lot of competition? You know, I would say for solopreneurs locally, not too bad. I mean, there are a lot of solopreneurs in Colorado, but I've never really ran into a problem where, you know, it was a challenge, but yeah, I mean, sometimes there are, you know, multiple recruiters working on a position, but yeah, I think for the most part, there's plenty of hiring to do. So probably not enough recruiters. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And nowadays, and and is that, um, how did you see the, the, when you started your business to COVID, how, how did, was it different? Yeah, it, it was tough because, you know, a lot of companies weren't hiring, but they also weren't paying someone to hire for them. Oh. So they didn't utilize recruiters. You know, people were watching their budgets. They didn't know, you know, what was going to happen and mm-hmm. how long this was going to take place. Little did we know, two plus years, um, three years, right? So um, I think that a lot of people were really hesitant to work with someone. And then I'm new, right? I'm, I'm the new kid on the block. So starting out a business, you know, they may know me from corporations that I've worked for, but now I'm out on my own, you know, a little bit more risky, right? Yeah. Oh, a little? <laughs> like a lot? <laughs> and, and, and did you have any indication or any plan of how did you want to differentiate yourself from everybody else? How does your business model differ from the companies that you're working for as a recruiter? Because I think that this is a big deal for you, for your business and your, your, for your company, right? Yes. So, you know, I think the, the unique thing about myself is that I bring an HR background. You don't mm-hmm. get that a lot with recruiters. Mm. Um, and, and with that, you know, I understand what they're going through. I, I understand turnover and how to fix it. I understand onboarding, interviewing, you know, employee relations, everything that goes into HR. I get it. 
and I can I can have those conversations with my clients. I can consult them to a certain degree. I'm not, you know, by any means wanting to be in the HR space, if you will. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I understand what they're going through and how difficult it is to hire. And I understand how to write a job description and I can write one for you. And there's certain things that I can do from an HR perspective. So I really do bring a lot of value from that sense. Um, mm-hmm. And also, you know, my business is, onboarding and offboarding. So the other side of my business is outplacement, which when you exit people from your organization, it needs to be treated just as importantly as onboarding an employee. So I do bring, you know, kind of the onboarding, offboarding experience when I've been laid off and to, you know, I've had to lay off. What does offboarding look like or what should it look like? And so, and so how do you make offboarding different than other recruiting or um, companies? So the outplacement program that I designed is a five-pillar approach. It's designed for organizations that don't have an HR presence, or maybe they have a team that doesn't have the bandwidth or knowledge, or maybe it's a, you know, an owner of a company that has no team but has to you know, lay someone off, whether it's for budgets or performance or whatever it may be. So my five pillars supports an organization from beginning to end to make sure that they're compliant from an HR perspective, that they're doing the right thing, um, that they're being consistent, right? Mm -hmm. And so the second and third pillar are really around your finance and your benefits where we can help them understand that this is what you have and what you're providing your employee with, but now let's look at what you can afford to give away. And Mm -hmm. then the fourth pillar is your EAP support, which helps from a mental health perspective because we all know it's a difficult transition so we want to make sure that they're, you know, they're safe and, and they're heard. And and then the fifth pillar is your more um, traditional outplacement offering, which is your career transition. And that really helps an employee land on their feet a little bit more comfortably with a coach to help them along the way, whether it's resume writing or career, you know, coaching to its finest. So the, the, the offboarding piece not only supports the employer that's that's getting rid of the employee for lack of a couldn't come up with a better word. It also supports the the exiting employee too. Yes. And that will also lead to could lead to supporting that exiting employee to their new position as well. So exactly. it gives you some continuity from both ends of the spectrum, but also it helps fill your pipeline too. Yes. And one other thing that I'd like to add, which is really important is, you know, I've built a really awesome group of individuals. They are consultants that work in the program. Mm -hmm. And basically thought process there was everybody needs a different coach. Everybody wants to work with someone that they click with, someone that understands them. Maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, someone that's from their same, you know, state or country or so I've built a very diverse team, um, folks that are, you know, from multiple backgrounds and different experiences and thoughts and ideas. And, you know, diversity is so important. And when you have a company that lays off 10 or two, 300 employees, you want to make sure that you have enough coaches to provide that option to mm-hmm. say, you know, someone that thinks like me. I want to work with somebody that gets me, right? So... I'm in the process of building even a larger team to support that. It's very important. Oh, wow. So that, that gives really, it really helps the relationship building part. 
because every business is relationship building, honestly, right? But even, but how important that is in your business, because you have relationships on many different levels. You have relationships with the business owners and you have relationships with the, the incoming employees as well as the exiting employees that will become incoming employees someplace else, hopefully. Exactly. And then being able to create the right mix for, make it individualized yes. for each of the people. You got it. Yeah, and, that's, that's you know, great. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it, it reduces risk for the employer, you know, mm-hmm. because you're providing a service that's going to help them land on their feet. It protects your brand because mm-hmm. when you don't do the right thing, we know what employees can do. You know, they're upset and, and they were let go. And sometimes it's not, you know, to any fault of their own, but sometimes you know, they'll go out and kind of, you know, they can post comments and then really hurt the the brand of the company that we worked so hard to foster. And so you want to protect that. And then it also reduces um, unemployment costs. If we could get those folks employed sooner, mm-hmm. that reduces, you know, costs from for the employers. Yeah, that's interesting. I honestly didn't think about the, the brand protection for the employer that, that, uh, that helps protect that and keeps everything more cohesive or, I don't know, happy. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Because when you don't do that, you know, and I've been through this before, you know, it's hard. It's difficult to overcome some of those glass door comments. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it it could be so damaging. So, you know, doing the right thing and, and putting, you know, your best foot forward to help that employee it doesn't cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So what does that, what does it look like when you're working with, um, with a, how does it differ? I guess, I don't even know if this is a question, so but I'm going to ask it anyways, right? So how does it differ your relationship with the potential employee or the outgoing employee? And how does it differ from your relationship with the employer? How does your, how does your business handle those different dynamics? Sure. So I personally will work with the client to understand what their needs are. So we do like a needs analysis and and figure out exactly what pillar of service do they need. That helps me understand the business, understand, you know, their needs better. And then I basically create a proposal, work with them, get the agreement in place and start, you know, getting that side of it. So very um not i don't want to say handheld but i work with the client to get the you know their needs down and then once we get that then we basically move to working bringing the consultants into the picture you know every employee gets to go onto the website and they get to look at coaches and figure out okay these are the top three that i think i might be a good fit for and they get to do their research on the coaches and then basically they start working with that coach um, if the employer selects services like HR services, benefits, finance, and EAP, those four packages, um, it's a very customized product or service. So basically, they get to pick and choose what they want. They may have an HR department and not need any of that. So it's just really figuring out what they need and then customizing kind of their package, if you will. That's fantastic. So it can meet, and I would assume too that you're talking with them that you, you might be providing services that they didn't know they needed, but they do need and can take exactly. advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like the EAP, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of employers don't know the importance of EAP. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's bad, but people get laid off and, and, you know, people go off the deep end. So you want to make sure that you're, you know, you're protecting them and, you know, offering that service is one of the best things you can do. You know, even if it's just, you know, having a conversation with a, a counselor, you know, mm-hmm. and the dumps and just someone to lift you up a little bit, you know, that's, that's a tough time. Yeah. And you had mentioned so two, two thoughts here. You had mentioned how even though you were laid off and it wasn't due to your performance, it was truly a, a business decision. That still, that still is a, is really can knock you back a little. Yeah, and so there, I'm sure there are many people that are being laid, that have been laid off, that it's not performance related, but still there is this piece of your ego that says, well, why wasn't I good enough? Or how can I be good enough next time to prevent it where it wasn't their fault? Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that, that will help that, that process. So how do you, have you, how has your business changed? So, so much has changed since you went into business. So 2019 till now, we're in a different world, right? How did you, how has your business evolved or how does it differ from when you, the way that you had started it out to where, where it is now? You know, growth, I would say, you know, in the beginning I was starting, you know, I, I was learning how to build a business, right? How to network, how to do sales, how to market, so I was learning a lot in the beginning and, you know, it takes time to build those relationships. It's knowing, liking, and trusting right before people refer you. So, you know, a lot of networking and relationship building, which I'm really good at. Thankfully, I've always been good at that. So that's really important. And I think over the years, you know, even now, you know, someone referred a, a person to me that I met almost three years ago. Wow. And so sometimes it can take that long, you know, Mm -hmm. so I would say growth in clients, growth in referrals. I've definitely seen a lot of change, you know, now things are turning around, employers are starting to reach out more. I think, you know, to some degree, a lot of people don't have a full HR team, so it makes sense to outsource um, recruiting or outplacement when you need to. And and two, with business models changing now where so many people are working from home, that or maybe they're do you think that they're also heading towards outsourcing for hr and things more than they would have been prior to covid i'm seeing a bit more mm-hmm. i would say than i've seen before yeah yeah and and so you're in colorado yeah and uh in the denver area and so are most of your clients in the denver area or what areas do you service yeah you know that's a great question i've always been a national recruiter throughout my career. So I'm used to recruiting in several states and I want to keep that, you know, component to recruiting. But yes, most of my clients right now are in Colorado. I have recruited in the beginning of my business for um, some other folks in different states, um, more consultant based, but I am definitely open to recruiting in different states. And do you have a particular type of business that fits well with your business or um, or a, a niche or how do you, or does it really not matter? You know, I am very industry agnostic and I prefer that uh, mm-hmm. one because it keeps me challenged in what I'm doing. You know, I, I love to pick up a new industry, a new job I've never heard of. Um, you know, it lets me put my researching hat on and kind of go to, you know, figure out what this person does and what they're looking for. So, yeah, I, I like to, you know, executive space would be my my primary um, preferred role to work mm-hmm. on, but I'm not opposed to working on, you know, manager and up positions. 
-hmm. and I would say most office-based type positions or project managers out in the field, stuff like that. So how much back work does it take when you have a new client coming on? What, what, do, you, what do you need to do in order to learn about their business? But don't tell any yeah. secrets, so nobody can get your secrets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm an open book. There's plenty of work out there. <laughs> you know, research, um, learning about the company, you know, learning about the, the team, the culture, everything that goes into recruiting. Um, I've been trained on several methodologies to recruit well and interview well, and I take a lot of time in the process. And, and that's important because when you don't, that's when you miss hire. And so I've learned to be very thorough in my process, but not thorough to the extent where it's delaying candidates. And, you know, we've got 12 steps to get you hired. You know, you, you have to be a little bit quicker than that. So, you know, knowing, you know, what's going on with your candidate at all times and keeping good communication is really important because if they have five offers on the table, you better move quick or you're going to lose yeah. them, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. But you have to know, like, you can't move too quick because then you're not going to learn what you need to learn about that candidate because you're rushing through the process. Mm -hmm. so it's just a good balance that you have to find. And that's part of that's part of the holistic approach that your that your company brings to the table, right? And and one of the things that I learned about you is one of the consistent themes about everything is helping people. Yeah. And whether it's helping the employees or the employers that's really a consistent common theme within your company, right? Yes. Yes. I am definitely a helper. Um, I, you know, I, I was raised by two beautiful parents that have been married 60 years and wow. very giving people. And, you know, HR was a perfect career for me because I had the opportunity to work closely with people to help people every single day. You know, so I've just enjoyed this career to the fullest. Um, it, it's the best thing that could have ever happened to me from a career standpoint. That's fantastic. And so the, um, as far as the business is concerned and your, your um, transition to from being an employee to an employer, do you have any hints for people that are trying to make that decision and should, should you know, whatever business it happens to be, what, what are some of the factors that you considered when you decided to make the jump? Yeah, you know, my first thing would be finance, financial, right? Mm -hmm. um, that was very unexpected that I was going to be laid off six months after I was hired. So, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have three, four years of income set aside, which would have been really nice. Mm -hmm. um, but I made it work. You know, um, I, I think if you can save up money and work on building your business and your vision and everything that goes into putting your business together, you know, that's helpful because, you know, when, when you don't have that backing, um, and I definitely am not one to, you know, get into debt for, you know, business. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, it happens sometimes, but that wasn't my initial thought. <laughs> So I would say, you know, being able to have a, a good amount of money set aside for if a pandemic hits, what to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> You'll have a little on reserves for a couple of years. <laughs> right, because it is that unexpected that, and, you know, if anybody can start a business and make it through a pandemic, that business is going to last for a while. 
yes. without a doubt, okay. because there's a lot of people that, that weren't as fortunate as you through that and decided to make a big decision before, before the pandemic happened. Yeah. So, so you're developing a business, you're in the growth mode, you're building a team. So now are you looking to hire for your team as well, as well as hiring for other companies? Not quite yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I really want to do things right. And, you know, if anything, I might bring on like a sourcer to help kind of filter through applicants mm -hmm. as things pick up. Um, the consultants that I have, I, I currently have 15 consultants that work for me through the outplacement division. Mm -hmm. So as that picks up, I'll get more. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as full-time employees, probably not for a year or so. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I'm very boutique. Mm -hmm. But that keeps it personal too. Yeah. So there's this, this fine line between growth and maintaining a personal relationship or a personal touch on your business. Yeah. That, that can be exactly. challenging to continue to do that if you grow, go, grow too quickly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't want to lose that aspect because that is something that I pride, you know, myself on is the, the customer service that I offer and, and just the um, willingness to help. People, mm -hmm. you know, I don't necessarily um, consult and charge for every single thing um, because I bring 22 years of experience and knowledge behind me. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's the benefit of working with me. That's what makes me unique. Right. So, and there, there are there are so many so many little pieces that that you can enlighten folks on that are outside of the 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 you know the 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 true role that you bring to the table that's going to add value to them and then honestly who are they going to call when the need is next right exactly yeah yeah it makes a For difference sure. it sure yeah. makes a difference so when you're not working what do you do wow that's a loaded question because <laughs> <laughs> I know the list is this long <laughs> right yeah you know the highlights is I have five grandchildren and they are from the age of seven to three mm -hmm. and yeah it's it's busy time it's summer there's lots of events and school events and activities and aside from that you know I have an amazing husband we have a couple acres and we you know have the kids outside and we ride motorcycles mm -hmm. um, dirt bikes you know ATVs we have Harleys um, he bought me my first Harley and I'm still kind of learning to ride but I love it Mm -hmm. And um, I, let's see, I play competitive billiards, which I really enjoy. That's my de-stressor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy so, cow. Have you been playing for a long time? I have, since I was 17 years old. Really? Yeah, so I won't put how many years on recording here. Yeah, right. Years. <laughs> you know, a couple, maybe maybe ten. You've been yeah. you've been playing for ten years or so, maybe fifteen, but that's it, right? We'll say twenty plus. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so, so that's a de-stressor. Yes. Really? It's a strategy, Why? right? You you've got ah. to get on that table and you've got to run those balls and get them all down so the other person doesn't win. <laughs> so wow. To me, it is. It keeps my mind focused on that table and getting all of those balls down. And that's it, to me, it's a de-stressor, just mm -hmm. like riding a motorcycle. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that makes it too. <laughs> Well, you know what? I get that because I ride as well. We talked about that. And yeah. yes, I mean, there's a lot of brain power that happens when you ride a motorcycle. There's a lot of things that your brain has to do. And it, yeah. eventually it becomes um, automatic. 
right? Yeah, second nature. Yeah. Yeah, it does. But but yeah, and it is it is relaxing and in riding. And I would think that riding in Colorado is beautiful. Yeah. In Amazing. not in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any favorite places that you go? No, not really. You know, just being outdoors. I mean, we're we're pretty much Colorado bound in terms of riding. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy out there right now. There's a lot of riders in Colorado, and I'm still new. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think since we've had all of our grandkids, they, they kind of happen like right after one another, right? So I, I think since then, we've just been so busy that we really haven't ridden that much. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to get out there at least a few times this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, it does become challenging to, to fit everything in uh, when yes. you have to squish it in into a couple of days. And so, but you, you volunteer a lot too, right? I do. Yeah, I sit on the board for an organization nonprofit here in Colorado. And so that's, that's fun. They have a lot of events that um, circle around community and, mm-hmm. you know, bringing people together and helping, you know, people in the community. A um, lot of opportunity there. So I volunteer with them as often as I can. And then I do work with veterans and um, felons. Um, I, you know, I'm a very diverse recruiter. I, every organization that I touch that I'm a part of is, is in my heart. You know, um, there's, there's a lot of people out there that need help finding a job, need a resume, need some kind of assistance. So I definitely lend my hand a lot. And, and that's, you know, that's something that People will tell me all the time, you need to be charging, you need to be charging, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's all going to come back to me. And mm-hmm. so I help veterans, I help veterans with a lot of different things and work with a couple different veteran organizations. And yeah, I have great rewards from that. So with the veteran organizations, are you working on the recruiting side or is it really on many different things that, that are needed? Yeah, so whatever they need, you know, sometimes it's career coaching, mm-hmm. sometimes it's resume development, um, but most of the time it's helping them, you know, from transitioning out of the military to civilian. Mm-hmm. So typically it's around those two areas, job placement. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. they'll talk with people about their strategy of, you know, job searching and mm-hmm. yeah. How important that is. Yeah. Because, because honestly, I is it true that they that there really isn't a ton of support for the transition out of service? Yeah, it it, it is. Um, there's a lot there, but I think sometimes there's too much. Mm-hmm. But and that it it just gets a little. It's overwhelming. Diluted. Yeah, yeah, it can and, be overwhelming. You know, you're, yeah, you're trying to transition out, and then you've got to go to this class, and you've got to do this, and you've got this organization reaching out to you. I think it's just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, the mm-hmm. support's there, but it's just really focusing in. And, you know, there's a lot of um, transition when it comes to a civilian resume from a government resume or a military resume. Like, things just don't translate the same. So mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work to get it to where a, a regular recruiter on the civilian side looking at it understands it. Oh, you know? interesting. So how do they not align? Do you have an example? Well, I mean, a lot of times just the wording alone, you know, they may be using military terms. So you need to understand from the, the veteran, like, what does that mean? You know, and let's put it in, in terms that people understand. Because if a recruiter gets it and they don't understand it, 
chances are they're not going to reach out and say, can you explain this to me? You know, so it's really up to them to own it and reach mm-hmm. out and get some help to rewrite it. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times it's just um, overwhelming to read through, you know, especially like government long, lengthier resumes. Oh, yeah. And and yeah. so a lot of the, maybe some of the job responsibilities they had in the service um, correlate to something outside but it doesn't appear to be because of how it's listed or a job description or exactly. And so, so many people can be overlooked for something that they're more than qualified for. Yeah, for sure. How wonderful that you're doing that. Yeah. And what a difference that makes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you, you do a lot of family planning. Oh yes. Yes. (laughs) I am the organizer. Yeah, for sure. I I definitely have had a corporate life of um, event planning and, you know, um, big corporate events. So naturally, it comes easy to me. I'm a very organized person and logistics and just getting everything down. And, you know, I do a lot of parties. Our family's huge. So I do a lot of event planning. And, you know, if somebody has a question, they call and ask, or I just help put it together. That's great. So, so how important is the outside for you? I know that there's many things that you're doing, but how does, how does that really play a role in, in um, maintaining yourself through managing such a a demanding business? Yes. Outside is so important, you know, getting out for a walk a couple of times a day, you know, breathing fresh air because you can get really busy as a, as a solopreneur in your Mm -hmm. office and, Sometimes, you know, in the beginning, I would get stuck, you know, 10, 12 hours a day in the office. And then at the end of the day, it's too late to go outside because it's dark. And mm-hmm. so I made it a point to really change that mentality and get out a couple of times a day. So I love being outside. Um, I live out in the country. So being able to walk around the block is like a quarter of a mile. <laughs> so it's good for my health. So, yes, very important. And growing up, you know. We fished, we camped, we did all the outdoor Colorado things that there mm-hmm. are to do out here. So it's really important um, for my my well being. It does it does make a difference. And there's so many there's so many reasons that were actually they're excuses. There's so many excuses that we all tell ourselves that oh we're too busy, oh it's too cold, oh it just snowed, oh it's this, yeah. oh it's that, and and then after you know a couple hours later it's geez I really should have shut up and done something. <laughs> Stop talking to myself. <laughs> then you'll get out there and you never do. Yeah, that happens to me a lot. Like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I find putting it on my calendar walk, you know, it makes me a little bit more accountable if I am busy and yeah. I'm always thankful for getting out. Absolutely. You have to, I think we have to, as, you know, as business owners, we have to make sure that we're managing ourselves. You know, we, we manage our business, but our, our, how well are we managing ourselves and our own, our own needs to make sure that, um, that we're getting, we're filling our cups so that we can fill others as well. Exactly. Yeah. So, so where did, here's a, the typical, you know, question, you know, where do you see yourself in five years, right? So where do you see your business in five years? What do you, what do you have any, any thoughts of where you'd like to move towards? You know, I, I love where I'm at. I, I love 
what I do, um, I, I would like to obviously see a few more clients. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to get to the point where I, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed. You know, that's not fun for me. And mm-hmm. believe it or not, you know, I'm, I'm hitting 50. So I'm excited, you know, where I'm at. And I do want to retire by the time I'm, you know, 60, if not a little bit after that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yes, it's hustle and bustle until then. And I'm happy um, that I'm in the place that I'm in because um, the quality of service I offer to my clients is the most important. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so being able to, you know, work on, you know, a few positions a month is good for me. You know, I don't want to get to the point of exhaustion or burnout because I've been there before mm-hmm. and I've seen people and what it does to you and, and how it breaks you down. And that is not anything that, you know, I want to do. Um, so. Yeah, and, and that's the privilege of being a business owner yep. is that you can control that. And and I think that that's wonderful that the vision is not to lose that because when you start to lose that and you just start going after dollars, there, there's the personal touch and the, the, the important yeah. things that you don't realize that you're doing right now that are going to just fall to the wayside if you decide to get to that burnout point. Yes, exactly. And I want to offer a service that's affordable. Yes, mm-hmm. I need to make money. We all do, but I'm not driven that way. I'm just not. You're driven to make a difference. Yep, exactly. That's fantastic. So um, where can people find you and what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, so LinkedIn is a good way. My website, um, my website is careertransformationsdenver.com. And then, of course, my email is info at careertransformationsdenver.com. And, yeah, my phone number's on there. My Calendly link is on there as well. If anybody wants to book time, I have several, like, slots that they can select from. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I'm I'm happy to talk with, you know, anybody that needs help, right? And so the the process for somebody that is in transition and going um, looking for a new job is they can reach out to you and – and have a consultation to to figure out if there should be next steps or how does that work? I'm just making yeah. all this up. So you yeah, no, you're <laughs> totally fine. You're totally fine. So the the clients that I work with are typically people that are hiring. I'm constantly talking, you know, to people that are on the job market. You know, I may not have an opening, but you know, there's an opportunity that I can connect you with someone that does. You know. Um, I, of course, I would love to fill the position, but if I don't have the client or I don't have the position, I'm still going to help you as much as I can. So, so people that are kind of reaching out are most likely business owners that are reaching out to you. Yeah. And then their consultation is to figure out you can bring to the table for finding their, getting them talent. Yes, exactly. Yep, great, I'm, great. I'm, I, yep, I do about an hour consultation with my clients to really learn the ins and outs of what they're looking for. And, and is that in person or virtually or yes, both? Yeah, both. I'm, I'm open to meeting in person and virtually. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah no, I, I want to thank you so much, Tanya. I'm so glad, you know, that the benefit of COVID is that we met because yeah. without COVID, we wouldn't, we met through uh, a, a common um, yeah. contact, right? And then as we're getting together, realizing that you know more people than I know, and it's it's amazing how small the world is, and yeah. and COVID's really done a great job bringing us together. Exactly. No, 
I appreciate you taking the time to no, talk with me and learn more. Yeah, I love it. And thanks so much for sharing your business and your journey. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Jane. Have a good you're, day. You're welcome. Take care. Hi, Lynn. So excited for you to be here again. And as always, for your Rising Up segment. So what insight do you have for us today? Well, Jean, I'm thrilled to be here. And I've been thinking a lot about the tools that we use to get better in life, right? As I'm always thinking about that. And one of those that has come up for me and I've had a lot of focus on lately that goes really well with this experience of the outside making the inside better is journaling. So um, journaling is one of those things you can do it anywhere. I love little lightweight journals that fit in my backpack or in my bag or that fit in the back pocket or whatever so that I can take them with me into the out of doors. I also love journaling indoors on a rainy day and sometimes my journaling is written words and sometimes it's pictures and creative um, application of images, all kinds of things can go in a journal. And it's a great way to kind of have a brain dump that gets your creative juices flowing when you're stuck or that helps you process a problem or an idea. Journaling is this amazing transformational tool that people have been using since people have been writing. <laughs> so writing and drawing and making images. So. Um, I'm really excited about journaling. I've put together a free journaling prompt called Journaling Wisdom. It's at journalingwisdom.com and it's 22 day, totally free prompt if you're interested in starting your journaling. If you're like I was and have this shelf full of blank journals or journals that have three pages written in them, um, then this is what to do with those. Don't throw them out. Don't give them away. Don't put them in your yard sale. Just start journaling. And so um, if anybody wants the 22 day uh, and they come by text message and they're just little videos of me giving you a journal prompt, it's at journalingwisdom.com, Jean. Glad to be here. Hope everybody goes outside, takes a journal with them and gets the outside making the inside better. I love that, Lynn, and that really builds on your message from last time, too, and I thought a lot about what you said last time about making the inside better so the outside is better and taking care of the inside, and journaling does that as well, so thank you. Thanks so much, and I hope everybody checks out the journaling prompts, and we'll see you next time. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.